Hello and happy Tuesday. Welcome back to another episode of Twirl Talk Podcast. I am your host, Liz Cox, and guys, today's episode is yet another wonderful one. You guys have been so supportive and excited over the last couple episodes, and I am here to deliver only good things for you. And today, is yet another day of only good things. Today's guest is amazing. She is a dear friend of ours, and she may not be the most common name to a lot of you if you are not in the bridal or wedding industry world, but she is nonetheless an amazing woman and super talented, does all the things, and is here to serve you guys with some personal stories, some also um, amazing wedding advice. So, Today, you're getting to hear from our dear friend, Beth Chapman. She is most well known for, she is the owner of the White Dress by the Shore up in Connecticut, right on the shoreline. It is beautiful and perfect, and you're gonna get to hear about how that came to be. And she also does Beth Chapman styling and consulting. So she does day of dress fittings for bride. I mean, I'm telling you, this woman does all the things that she is gonna be able to tell you about herself far more than I am, but She's an amazing woman, and she founded the White Dress Society, which has been so influential in our lives as bridal store owners. She has just cultivated this community of bridal store owners to love and support and encourage each other, and it has just been such a gift to us the last couple of years and has really built this friendship uh, between us and Beth. And so today is just a really amazing conversation. Beth tells you the story of how she got the idea and created her bridal boutique and how that all came to be some of the wild and amazing stories Martha Stewart may or may not be involved in one of them from her from her years of consulting and creating and all of those things Um, and then too she just has some really incredible practical advice for any bride to be from things you need to have in your wedding day emergency kit to how do you find your dream bridal style and look for your day. So Beth is a wealth of knowledge. I'm thrilled she's on the podcast today and I hope that you will enjoy this conversation and feel inspired because let me tell you, it is hard not to have an encounter with Beth Chapman and not walk away inspired. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy this amazing conversation with Beth Chapman. Well, friend, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I'm so excited to have you. I'm so honored to to be asked. Okay, well, let's just get started right off the bat, and you kind of tell us who you are, what your life looks like, family, hobbies, whatever you want to share. Oh, my gosh. My life right now looks like a hot mess, but um, (laughs) so I am Beth Chapman. Um, I live in Guilford, Connecticut, which is a sweet little historic town on the Connecticut shoreline. Um, I am a lot of things. Um, I am a bridal boutique owner. I own a charming bridal boutique in Clinton, Connecticut called The White Dress by the Shore that I've owned for 15 years. I am a stylist. So I style um, editorial shoots for magazines. Um, I've styled a number of um, different national ad campaigns for designers. I also can be hired independently by brides outside of my boutique for me to style and help them select their fashion for their wedding. 
I'm an author. I've authored two books, um, The White Dress in Color and our newest book, The White Dress Destinations, that act both as a resource for brides as they're planning their wedding, but then also provides pictorial inspiration because it's full of shoots that I've collaborated on um, with my co-authors, um, Carla Tanaik, who's a photographer, and Candice Coppola, who's a planner and designer with Jubilee Events. Um, and lastly, I'm also a consultant. So I consult with other bridal store owners um, and really am passionate about helping other bridal store owners take a look at their business, run their business in the most profitable way, um, relate with brides in a really great way. I created a video series called the Series 2.0 that's a training series for bridal store owners that's twofold. Um, it There's a bundle of videos that's that are specifically for the bridal store owners to help the bridal store owner run the most profitable bridal store, the most successful bridal store. And then there's a bundle of videos that's specifically for their sales associates to train them on sales training and product knowledge, because I think an educated sales associate is the best sales associate. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, as part of my consulting, uh, a little over a year ago, I launched something called the White Dress Society, which started as a private Facebook group for bridal store owners. We now have almost 700 members from around the world, which is amazing. As you know, um, I guess it's been out two years now. So two years ago, we took that we took the yeah. society off of the pages of Facebook and had a retreat, which was awesome. It started out as 18 people here in my boutique in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And then this past year, we had one with over 50 store owners from across North America in Nashville. And that's just been such a gratifying, amazing um, experience to be surrounded by other like-minded yeah. bridal store owners and be able to um, share ideas. Um, our, our tagline is learn, speak, share. And so we do all of those things, both inside the forum and outside of the forum. And it's just been an amazing, incredible resource um, and an invaluable way, I think, to elevate how we are all running our businesses individually and then collectively how we can sort of elevate our mm -hmm. aspect of the bridal industry as a whole. So that's a long-winded answer to a short question, but I'm a lot of things. And I didn't say, which is my most important job of all my jobs, is I'm a mother. I have two children. Um, well, I really have three children because I also have a fur baby. But I have a daughter, Lindsay, who's going to be 18 next week, which is mind-blowing. I was thinking about that this morning. And I have a darling son who just turned 15. So Lindsay just started her freshman year at the University of Connecticut. And my son, Marky, just started school today. And he's a sophomore in high school. And then we have a fur baby. We have a standard labradoodle named Mr. Pickles. Ugh. And he's the love of my life. And he's getting so much attention right now because I'm, you know, so <laughs> sad that I'm a half of an empty nester. So I'm making it up with lots oh, of puppy cuddles yes. right now. Oh, that's the best. That's the best. I love that. Okay. Well, one of my favorite things, well, not favorite things, but I'm excited to talk to you about because... Ty and I have a very untraditional story of how we got into the bridal and wedding industry. And, you know, she worked in everything known to man, nonprofit, government, everything, corporate. And I was straight out of college and was a wedding photographer and kind of got my feet wet that way. But we feel like you of all people have yes. such a wonderful story. And we get asked all the time, like, well, how did you get in the industry? How do I get in the industry if I want to be in it? And I feel like, the little bit I know of your story, I feel like is a very wonderful way for people to hear how, how this magic can happen of getting into the industry and building such a successful career. So kind of 
invite us into your story of how your career has become what it is. Sure. So I have always loved fashion. Mm -hmm. So as long as I can remember, I knew that I wanted to do something in fashion. Um, Unfortunately, I don't have the talent of sketching. That is not one of my Mm -hmm. talents. And I wish I was an artist. I created a beautiful artist. My daughter's an incredible artist. There you go. Somehow that gene like (laughs) skipped me and went to her. So um, being a designer wasn't in my cards, but I decided that I wanted to um, be a merchandiser. So in in college, I studied, I was a business major, a fashion merchandising minor, and I started um, right out of college. I was hired, I actually was hired even before I graduated, which was amazing, amazing. by Ann Taylor in New York City. I worked in their corporate office in New York, and I was there uh, for a decade. I, yeah. I held various positions um, in merchandising roles for a, for a 10-year period of time. When I left the business, I was a vice president of merchandising for them, and I was running a $450 million business. I was essentially wow. responsible for 40% of their volume, which was amazing and incredible. But during that time, I sort of grew up at Ann Taylor. So, yeah. you know, I, st- I was literally like you, straight out of college, mm-hmm. so much to learn. And while I was there, I got engaged. I I married my college sweetheart. So I I was engaged while I was there. I was married while I was there. I pregnant, got pregnant and had Lindsay while I was working at Ann Taylor and then Mm -hmm. was pregnant with my son, Mark, while I was at Ann Taylor. So it's like I went through all the phases of life. I literally grew up there. And during the course of that time when I got engaged, um, which was in 1995, we talked about that. Like I feel a little bit old for one minute. I was going to say, I'm not going to tell you how old I was. Oh my gosh. And weddings in 1995 were really different in the whole experience. Experience of being a bride was really different, and there weren't nearly as many options as there are now. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of rules. Things were supposed to be done a certain way, and your mother mm-hmm. handed you, you know, the Emily Post book or whatever, and these yep. were the rules yep. that you followed. And so, you know, when I got engaged, um, I was overwhelmed, honestly. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure, you know, what kind of wedding I wanted to have, what kind of bride I wanted to be. And when I was shopping for my gown, I was really disappointed. That's really what it came mm-hmm. down to. Mm-hmm. I was living in, and working in New York City. My mom was in Connecticut, so she came in and shopped with me in New York. I had the most horrible shopping experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I, you know, the stores, I felt like the service was terrible. The dresses were so dirty. It, yeah. it just was not at all. I was like, oh my gosh, you plan this day. You think about this day, you know, for so much of right. your adult life anyway. And then you're like, well, heck, this is like not what I signed up for. So right. it sort of planted the seed in my head of, and it, of course, I developed a love for bridal as all brides do, right? Of course. And yep. I ended up ultimately, my wedding gown, I was between an Amsala. There was an Amsala that I absolutely loved. And um, okay. I found a dress by a designer called Carmela Sutera, who I think her son may mm-hmm. still run her business, but I haven't heard anything. We were in okay. touch for a while when I opened my business, but we haven't, I haven't been in touch with her for a bit. And through a friend of mine in production in, in the fashion industry, he said to me, look, mm-hmm. my best friend has all of these connections in the bridal world. So before you decide on a gown, let me know. And there's a chance that I might be able to connect you with the designer and you might be able to work one-on-one with your designer. Mm-hmm. So I called him up and, um, you know, I was like, Hey Rob, I'm between an Amsala and a Carmela Sutera. And he was like, well, my friend sells the fabrics to Carmela Sutera. He doesn't have a relationship with Amsala. So I was like, all right, Carmela Sutera it is. And it's so funny because you would think being in fashion, <laughs> I would have been much more sort of decisive about my gown and kind of knew exactly what mm-hmm. I wanted. But I was so, I, the world of bridal was so new and different to me and I couldn't figure out how to navigate yeah. it. And I was like, 
okay, if I can work with a designer, this is good. This is great, you know? Yeah. But I worked with her and she, I worked in with her in her showroom and we customized my gown. She did a muslin. All of my appointments Mm -hmm. were one-on-one with her. And I thought this is what the bridal experience should be like. And it sort of planted Mm -hmm. a seed in my head that I knew then that it was all about the experience and that's what bridal should be. Mm -hmm. But I realized that that was not what was happening in the bridal industry. You know, it was all bridal Mm -hmm. salons as they called them. And Mm -hmm. they were stuffed and they you didn't it didn't feel like home and when I was in her showroom I felt like I was at home and she mm. was Italian and she would offer me Italian cookies and coffee and Cute. it was wonderful and yeah. so the, it planted the seed for me and mm. I knew I wanted to be in bridal but my career kept progressing in Ann Taylor you know I had a baby and I you know it just kept progressing at one point I decided that I thought I was going to open a bridal store And I decided to launch the business with a friend of mine from high school. And um, long story short, that was not the right choice. We were in it for two different reasons. It was my dream. It wasn't her dream. And Ah. I ended up ultimately buying a building that I wanted to put my bridal store in. And the day that I closed Mm -hmm. on the building, she decided she didn't want to be my partner anymore. So I owned a building, didn't have a partner. (laughs) Didn't even own, I didn't even own my own home yet. That's when I knew my husband loved me because we didn't own a home, but we just bought a building. That was a wreck, by the way. It was an old house built in 1763. It was a hot mess. And he was the only one that believed in my vision of turning it into a beautiful bridal store. So long story short, I panicked. I decided to stay at Ann Taylor. I decided to rent out the space exactly as it was and not renovate it. And it was five years later that I opened my business. Wow. It took me five years to believe that I could do it on my own and that I didn't need a partner mm-hmm. and that that I could I could go after my dream. So five wow. years later, I my son was um, when I left Ann Taylor, my son was three months old. Lindsay was three years old. Oh, and gosh. I opened my store when my son was six months old and my daughter was three years oh, old. And we moved. At that time, we were living in Greenwich, Connecticut, which is right out of New York City. So we mm-hmm. we actually completely moved our life down the shoreline in Connecticut about an hour away. We did all the life changes you're not supposed to do at one time. Had right. a baby, <laughs> moved, Why and not? started a business. Like, who does that? Me. So we did it. And, you know, 15 years later, here we are. But my vision was to create that experience that at that time when I opened um, in Mm -hmm. 2004 didn't exist. I want. I knew that I wanted my store to be in an old home. I knew that I wanted it to be inviting. I knew that I wanted to serve coffee and tea out of my grandmother's antique teacups. Um, I knew that I wanted to create an assortment of gowns that looked almost as if one person had designed them, that they were of one hand and taste mm-hmm. level, but from all different designers. So at the time, nobody else that. was doing that. And it was awesome. Yeah. And then everybody started doing it. So over time, you know, my 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 mission has always been the same. To create that exceptional client experience has always been my mission. And I've stayed true to that. But we've sort of had to evolve over time mm-hmm. because, you know, other bridal stores started opening up in homes, right? Right. And different, you know, the, it, it became about, it did eventually start to become about the experience for other people too. So we had mm-hmm. to think about different ways, new and different ways to delight our clients. But that's mm-hmm. my my long crazy story of how I got here and I love and it educate bridal is a whole education unto itself. I had been in fashion for oh, gosh, a decade, yeah. more than a decade, including my internships that I done in college, and I opened the store feeling like I knew nothing. It was a different vocabulary, different fabrics. Yep. I didn't know how to put a veil on anyone's head. 
So, you know, it was a learning curve and, and running my own that. business was yeah. also a huge learning curve. I ran from, went right. from running a multi, multi-million dollar business, but if for a corporation. Mm-hmm. So doing that for yourself is a whole nother, another can of worms. Whole nother ball yep. game. Whole nother yeah. ball of wax, as they say. That's amazing though. I love that. So what would you say to someone saying, I want to break into this industry? What would be your like one big nugget of I advice for them? really what it is, is of course, anyone who owns a bridal store and is in the bridal mm-hmm. industry needs to love weddings, right? And they need to love brides. Yes. And that's important. I think you have to lead with that. But secondarily, almost equally as important is you have to realize this is a business. Amen. <laughs> and it was funny because it wasn't until probably two years into my business when we were we, – we turned a profit the first year and, and a small yeah. profit. But we did. It was awesome. And into the second year when I really started making good money, all of a sudden I was like, wow, this is a mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. This isn't just my dream anymore and like a fun thing to do. I have to change my perspective a little bit and realize this is a yeah. business. And how do you run this to be profitable? Yeah. So how do you combine the love of what you love and the profitability yes. aspect? And that takes a little bit of time to do. Um, but, but I think that's my biggest be- piece of advice is – Love what you do, but also never forget to remember that it's a business and that you're in it to make Mm -hmm. money. That's so good. And what I would – yes. Yes and amen because I wish that is something (laughs) everyone realized or for whatever it is too. You know, I feel like at Mm -hmm. least here – can I can maybe the same way? But in Kentucky, I feel like we're seeing this huge flood of a ton of people wanting to pursue photography. And I'm like, that's amazing. And I'm so excited for you. But do you realize that this is also a business? Like you need to figure out how to pay taxes. You need to, you know, there's just this whole animal part of it that people don't realize, oh, this isn't just my hobby that I get to do, you know, whatever it is. And same for opening, especially opening a brick and mortar. It's like, Mm -hmm. in this day and age. No joke. And I'm sure you hear it all the time. So many moms and brides say to us on the course of a, you know, a week, oh my God, this must be the best job. And my response always is it is, Mm -hmm. but you have to remember we can't mess it up. Right. There's no backseas. Nope. (laughs) We've got one chance to get this right. And it's a lot of pressure to make sure that you get it right. And oh, the side note, I never say this to a client, but the side note is you also have to make money at it. Right. You have to figure out a way. And that sounds easy. It's It's not. not. You have to figure out a way to be able to pursue this passion and make money while you're doing it. Exactly. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. And that mm-hmm. and that's the thing too. And it's not like you want to stomp on someone's dream. It just it's the hey sister, like we are gonna cheer you on all day long, but also like we wanna be realistic with you about what this actually is. Um, and that's why I think a business plan is so if I'm consulting mm-hmm. any of my any mm-hmm. bridal store that I'm working with, the first thing I wanna see is their business plan. Because if you're in exactly. business but if you haven't opened yet, or if you've been in business in 10 years, you still need a business plan. What's your roadmap? Mm-hmm. And you can't mm-hmm. just, it can't be on a wing and a prayer anymore. You know, it right. really, you need a roadmap. And that business plan really forces you to look at things like, right. what are my expenses? What are my taxes? I can't tell you how many people have started businesses and they were like, oh my God, I didn't even realize what the tax ramifications were right. going to be. Or I had yes. no idea about workers comp if I have employees <laughs> or exactly. how expensive insurance is. Like these are mm-hmm. all things that people don't 
realize when they have this big dream. And it comes at some point you're like, oh, that stinks. It's squashing my dream. But it doesn't have right? to. It doesn't have to. If you have a roadmap, exactly. there's a way to make it work. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and I know you're a Rachel Hollis fan. And oh. One of her big things yes. is hope is not a strategy. I love you know? it. And yes. I love it, right? Yes. And I think that have hope, absolutely. Dream big. But that's not a strategy. But what's your plan to back that up? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, we could do a whole episode. Oh my God, about we could go girl, on wash your on. face, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, girl. <laughs> but we won't. We won't bore the people. But <laughs> we can hang out and talk about it over wine. Okay. Well, tell me. I love all of those things. I'm like, we could just stop right there. That's amazing. But no, I want to learn all the things. But tell us, in the mix of everything that you do, what have been your top three highlights of your career so far? Oh, it is so hard. I think to pick three, but because I have to pick yeah. three and I essentially have three <laughs> businesses, I'll well, give you one you from each of my businesses. How about that? I so, love it. um, the first one for the white dress by the shore, I think has to be, we were having a sample sale. Gosh, this was probably five, six years ago. We were having a sample sale and a woman walked in and I happened to be standing at the front desk and she motioned to me like for a pen and paper. So I handed it to her Mm -hmm. and she wrote down, you know, I need a wedding dress. My wedding is in July. And this was like, gosh, I think it was in April. And I was like, okay. And I quickly realized that um, she was deaf and she was mute. And she she could make sounds, but it was not as if you and I were talking to each other. It was very difficult to me. It was just sounds. That's the only way I can describe it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she didn't have an appointment and I was like, well, okay, let's do this. So, you know, that was probably one of my biggest challenges, but the most beneficial challenges of my career. Yeah. So I was able to, she could wow. read lips. So we were able to communicate, you know, through hand gestures and things. And mm-hmm. and we were able to find some dresses. We tried them on. She found one that she loved. She called her fiance and mm-hmm. wanted him or texted her fiance and wanted him to come. He also was deaf and mute. And wow. we found an amazing dress for her. And I took her through the process, the all whole alterations That's process. Amazing. Whenever I had to call her, I had to call through a translator and they would type. It was like type to talk. And then she would oh, talk wow. back to me and she would type back. And then the person on the other phone would talk to me. It was an amazing experience. And um, we found her a beautiful hmm. dress. And when it came down to the numbers of things, I wrote everything down because I wanted to make sure she was very clear. If there was anything that I really wanted to drive Mm -hmm. home as, you know, make sure she was happy with or that she liked things. We would write. And she found the most amazing dress. And then she asked me to come and dress her on her wedding day. So I was there on her wedding day. It was just so special. So that I think was one of my most rewarding experiences because I didn't treat her any Mm -hmm. differently than any other bride. She obviously had very special circumstances that I had to work Mm -hmm. around, but I um, treated her just like I would Mm. treat every other bride and uh, she found an amazing dress. So that was one that I think is amazing and I love. Um, From the styling aspect of my career, I think one of my biggest highlights was I had the opportunity to provide day of wedding dressing service. I actually did some styling services for her too, besides day of wedding dressing service, but for Martha Stewart's niece. And it was at Martha Stewart's house. It was on Martha Stewart's property in Bedford, New York, swear. So that <laughs> was mind blowing. I mean, talk about, and P.S., she was one of my very first dressing clients. So to have one of your very first oh dressing gosh. clients be Martha Stewart's niece and have Martha Stewart be standing right there is like, I mean, mind You're like, I could blowing. quit right now. I'm good. Yeah. 
swear. So, and it wow. was awesome because the Martha Stewart team, who I am acquainted with, you know, a lot of the, their team members from their, what was their magazine, they were all there. Like they had their own photographer, videographer that were there in addition to those that were there for the wedding. And, you know, I, it was almost like a giant editorial shoot essentially yeah. is what it was. Um, but it was a lot of pressure. I mean, you can't mess up a wedding day, but you can't mess it up when it's at Martha's house. Seriously. But it was spectacular. It was one of the most amazing experiences. I was hanging out with Martha. She's absolutely hilarious, by the oh, way. I if you've it. ever I watched the Justin Bieber roast with with Martha Stewart, that's exactly how she is. She's oh, I hilarious. Love that. Yeah. So, so that now was amazing. Everyone go watch that after they listen yeah. to this podcast. Google that because yeah. you will crack up. And she's she's, <laughs> she's got such a funny sense of humor and um, very sarcastic. And I was petrified half the time and in heaven, the other half of the time. I love uh, And that. the bride was just darling. Christina was amazing. And, um, she's just awesome. And it was, Aww. it was great. So that was my, I think my styling highlight. And I think yeah, my consulting so. highlight so far was, was the, um, the retreat. I think this past mm-hmm. retreat that we had in Nashville was just emotional. And we had a, an amazing group of speakers that came together that were just yeah. moving. Yeah. And I just love the opportunity to connect with other people that you can really, it can relate to you and what you're going mm-hmm. through on a daily basis. And I feel whoever's listening to this and whatever aspect of whatever industry you're in, if you can mm-hmm. attend something like that, where it's a retreat of like-minded yes. individuals who do what you do, it's exceptional, especially for someone like me who doesn't have a business partner, who doesn't always have things to mm-hmm. run by. Some of those women, you know, that were on the store panel are, you yeah. know, my confidants and the people that I go to and to be able to share mm-hmm. that knowledge and this, the wealth of knowledge that was in that room and have everyone share their ideas. It really was so moving and um, exceptional. And I'm so excited because I feel like next mm-hmm. year is going to be even better. So those are my three highlights. Oh. Those are my three. I love yeah. those. Those mm-hmm. are fantastic. I love mm-hmm. that so much. Oh, man. I love it. Okay. Well, kind of Martha's house may be the answer <laughs> to this, but uh, what is the coolest place you have ever traveled to for styling and what – because oh, you've gosh. done international yeah. and what's still on your bucket list? Well, so our, our most recent book – my most recent book is called The White Dress Destinations and we really wanted that book to – um, sort of turn the idea of destination weddings on their head. So we intentionally did not shoot any beach weddings in that book. So they're all different okay. types of destinations. So we were in Arizona. We were in the Berkshires in New York. We were in – or Massachusetts, rather. We were in um, – Oh my gosh, Barbados, but our Barbados shoot was actually at a plantation. It wasn't at a beach. Um, So just really different and unique venues to help people realize and think about destination weddings, Paris, like think about weddings in a different way. And for people who can't travel to a destination, how can you take the flavor and the excitement and the colors and textures and and flavors of that destination and bring it to your guests, Mm -hmm. even if you can't fly your guests yeah. to Paris. So, so as a result of that book, I had some awesome, awesome locations that we visited. They're like my children. It's so hard to choose between them. But yeah, I would probably say my two faves. Um, last year, I was able to go to Venice, Italy with Justin and Mary Morantz, who are Amazing. great friends of mine and the most talented photographers. And my best friend actually came with me as my assistant. She actually is has assisted me a lot. She was my assistant at Martha's house too, because that was the only person I trusted to be with me. Um, You're like, please come. <laughs> and Venice was, I'd never been to Venice before. It was magical. It was a bit chilly, but mm-hmm. it was magical. And we shot at sunrise two days. And oh, that wow. there's, some, it's like 
indescribable. It was so beautiful. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a highlight. For and sure. then I've done a couple of beach shoots in Barbados mm-hmm. um, because my co-author, one of my best friends, Candace Coppola, resides in Barbados mm-hmm. now. So I've had the opportunity to shoot for a magazine that's based in Barbados twice in Barbados. Oh, cool. And honestly, the most beautiful beaches, some of the most beautiful beaches I've ever, ever been to. Mm. So I think, and I'm a, such a beach girl. So I think yeah, those same. are my two. Anything that involves Europe or a beach, I'm in. You know, can't go wrong. Yeah. Cannot go wrong. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, or a I beach in that. Europe. Let's do that. Right? That's awesome Honestly, too. Honestly, let's two birds, go. One I'm down. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> exactly. I love that. So is there anywhere that you're like, okay, if I can make that happen, bucket list complete. I think Positano is one for sure. I've never been to mm. Positano in Italy and – I want to go desperately, but I also just the colors of the city. It's and it's right on the, the beautiful blue mm. ocean. If that to me would be a dream, just, and then this is a little trendy right now. This is kind of a trendy answer, answer, but Banff in Canada is just yes. Oh my gosh, so beautiful. The Engage conference yes. was just there, and I was so bummed that I fell at the same time as my daughter's graduation from high school, so I couldn't possibly oh. go, but. That would be a dream too. Lake Louise is just so beautiful. And I feel like the backdrop of a wedding gown against the mountains and the blue Mm. water, it would just be magical. Yes. So incredible. So if anybody's listening who has wants to do a style shoot in Banff or Positano, (laughs) give me a call. Yeah. Or maybe that's the next book. Who knows? Exactly. We just had a bride call us and she was like, Oh, I'm eloping. And I was like, Fantastic. Your dress will be here in a week. And she was like, Great. And I was like, Where are you going? She was like, Damn. And I was like, do you need me to come with you? Exactly. She's like, yeah, no one's Day coming with me. Dressing but if service. they were. Oh, just those <laughs> yeah. pictures are going to be amazing. Right. Yeah. I was like, send them immediately. She's like, can't okay. go wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, kind of talking through, I mean, you just mentioned destination weddings and kind of ins- having that as inspiration for brides, incorporating those those timeless looks on their wedding day, all the things. Tell us you know, because it's every bride's dream to create these Pinterest-worthy mm-hmm. pictures and all this stuff, What, which, you know, let's be realistic, that can't always happen on the wedding day because the days are insane and all this stuff. But what – do you have any tips for achieving those kind of looks on a person's wedding day? Well, you know, to me – I believe every bride should be timeless, like you do too. I know it's like you know yes. our our tagline yes. here is classic, timeless, unforgettable, and that's to me. Mm. I think how every bride should look. That means something slightly different for mm-hmm. each bride, um, but I think the most important thing for achieving a really timeless look and achieving those timeless images on your wedding day, the first one is to choose your fashion wisely. So to really make a conscious Mm. choice of choosing something that has a timeless quality to it that you're not going to look back on in 30 years and say, oh my gosh, what the heck was I thinking? And you know what? There's a place Mm -hmm. for a trendy bride and there there are so many options for brides. This is in this day and age. It's wonderful. But if you're really going after a timeless look, the key is, I think, to choose your fashion wisely and choose something in that vein. I also think you have to be very careful about um, the photographer that you choose. You know, really take a look at the, 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 imagery, the way, the posing, um, the backdrops that photographers use and um, choose a photographer that has that very timeless aesthetic. Um, And going along with Mm -hmm. that, I say take as many black and white pictures as you possibly can. Yes. Because to me, there's nothing more timeless than a beautiful um, Mm -hmm. black and white photograph. I'm with you. Yeah. To me, that's that's the ticket. That's the answer, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. Speaking of wedding days, what um, because I'm sure you've 
done this on styling, you know, when you're there to help style and all that, what is the perfect or like ideal wedding day emergency kit that a bride should have just to try and keep the day as sane and perfect as possible? Oh my gosh. Well, of course, when I'm hired as, as a dresser, I come with this massive, huge mm-hmm. kit. Um, exactly. But I actually have, yeah. I don't know if you're doing show notes or anything, but I actually have a little list that I've put together that I can give you as a little oh. gift into all of your little yes. listeners of what yes. I think should be in your day of wedding emergency kit. Um, but some of the biggest ones that I think are so important is make sure, of course, you have a needle and thread and make sure you have the thread color of mm. your bridesmaids dresses. Most of the fashion emergencies I find in a wedding day have to do with the bridesmaids, not the bride, mainly because yep. they mm-hmm. haven't taken the time in advance of the wedding to have their dress altered properly with the proper shoe, with the proper heel height, with the proper foundations, whether it's a bra or Spanx or any of that stuff. You need to make sure Mm -hmm. you're wearing those proper undergarments when the bridesmaid's dress is fit on you so that to avoid all these fashion emergencies. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely say, of course, needle and thread, the color of the thread of the um, bridesmaid's dress, double-sided tape, so important, Um, a selection of different sizes of safety pins, band-aids. I always use a lot of band-aids, lint roller. Yes. Those are all, I'm trying to think of my most recent dressing service I think I did. I sewed more things in my most recent dressing service. Honestly, I think I sewed a, a something on every single member of the bridal, bridal party on that day. Oh, my gosh. Um, lots of lots of sewing. Um, but I think those are my key highlights. But I have some other kind of obscure ones, too. So I'll send you my little list. Yeah. So you can see what's on there. Oh, I love and that. A, and stain remover. Stain remover yes. is also really important. Um, yes. Sh- little shout packets always um, are something that is super important mm-hmm. and works. Yeah. And baby powder. So if a bride spills anything that has anything oil-based on her gown, baby powder will help to absorb that oil, but then also will make it white and kind of cover the spot and mask what's going on. See? It's all these little things that people would never think of. People never thought of. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. I was like, that's my girl. She's going to have the answer for that one. Uh Uh-huh. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, let's talk more into the realm of styling brides. Mm -hmm. What expertise can you share with our listeners when it comes to styling different body types? I feel like this is such a hot topic. Do you have go-to looks you like to help a bride try out based on their figures? How do you go? How do you approach that? Because, you know, we are the experts, but not always – People don't always trust that. For sure. How do you go about that? I think the first thing I like to say is I don't think you should ever make an assumption about what someone should Mm -hmm. wear based on the way they look. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to find the most flattering option for them. But just because Mm -hmm. someone's really curvy, that doesn't mean you shouldn't put her in a fitted dress. She may love her curves and want to embrace her curves. So one of the first things I usually do is ask to see her Pinterest board. I want to see what Mm -hmm. kinds of dresses she's attracted to. Um, And sometimes what she's attracted to and what's going to work for her body type doesn't directly translate, but then it's my job as a stylist to find her something that is similar to what she loves and the aesthetic of what she loves and that will work for her body type. The next thing is I usually ask her what part of her body is her favorite? What part of her body does she want to highlight? Sometimes when you ask that question, and it makes me sad, but sometimes when you ask that question of a woman, they immediately flip it to what they don't want. So you can say, tell me a little bit about what part of your body you want to flatter. And they can say, well, what I can tell you is I don't want to show my arms. Mm-hmm. But it's, then you just have to go back and say, okay, but let's talk about it. Like, is your collarbone something that you like to mm-hmm. show? Or do you want to define your waist in your wedding dress? Like, just try to get into a little bit of knowing 
what's going to work and what's not. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there's the basics of things like, you know, if you want to define the waist, sometimes it's better to go with a slightly fuller skirt because that's going to make the waist look smaller. If someone is petite, a V-neck is a good thing because that's going to give them an elongated line and sort of a a fit to Mm -hmm. flare shape with princess seams. That's going to make them appear taller. Mm -hmm. So there's all those kinds of sort of rules of the of the trade in terms of styling and fitting to body type. But I think the most important thing is finding out the look that she's trying to achieve on her wedding day, because your ultimate goal is that you want her to look beautiful and feel beautiful because Mm -hmm. this is the, this, if there's any day you're going to do it, it's your wedding day. Exactly. I love Mm -hmm. that. I love that Mm -hmm. because it does, it takes away from the, okay, well you're, this shape, this is the only option for you. I love that of yeah. a million different people can be the same shape, but love the aesthetic of a, di- a thousand different things. That's so it is. exactly right. And I do love that there are so many more options now for full mm-hmm. figured brides. And it's Amen. gotten, unfortunately, it's sort of gotten a little bit trendy, which is so weird because it's mm-hmm. like, this is not a trend. This is real life. These are women's this bodies. This, these are how normal yes. body people are built. Right. But I'm so glad that finally designers are recognizing mm-hmm. that women come in all shapes and sizes. And they understand how frustrating it is that bridal sizes, the thing that people don't understand about bridal is that, um, or they do understand, but they don't understand the origin of it, is mm-hmm. that the bridal sizes, as we all know, generally run two sizes different from what you would mm-hmm. normally wear in in regular clothes. Right. So if you're a four, you're often going to wear an eight in bridal. Eight. And if sometimes mm-hmm. if you're a four, if it's a very high end designer, you're probably going to wear a 10. And that can really mm-hmm. mess with your mind when you're a, a woman. Absolutely. And the reason why it is that way is the bridal size chart originated from fashion size charts in the 1950s. So if you think back to when you mm-hmm. hear that Marilyn Monroe was a size 14, That's because Mm -hmm. back then in the 50s, she was a 14. That's the way size charts were. And ready-to-wear size charts evolved. And that's how Marilyn Monroe would become in this day and age probably a size 6 or a size 4. Bridal never evolved. I don't know why. I wish they did. But bridal stayed – bridal, as we know, is so rooted in tradition. And one of those elements is that the size chart has not changed. So it can be so frustrating. So when you're sampling size 10s and 12s in your bridal boutique and thinking that that's an average size, it's really not because you're catering to someone two sizes smaller than that. So finally, designers are coming around and realizing that they need to have a broader selection of sizes in addition to a broader selection of silhouettes. And Mm -hmm. it makes me so happy because it it, it allows us to achieve our goal of making all women in all shapes and sizes look and feel beautiful. Yes. Mm, I love it. Okay. Also really funny that you brought up Marilyn Monroe because I literally looked that up last night. I don't even remember why, but I was looking that up last night because I was like, yeah, I think maybe she popped up on something I was watching and I was like, people said she's a 14. I don't believe that. So then I like literally everything you just said I read last night. So that is... (laughs) And she has the tiniest little waist and it's it's so insane. But that, so that's sort of how that's exactly the the perfect example of bridal sizing Mm -hmm. is Marilyn Monroe and how kind of backwards it is, unfortunately. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. That's just so funny. So going in with that, because the numbers can play such a mind game with brides, I feel like it can kind of make us run into a wall with them at times Aside from sizing things, what do you find is the biggest struggle when it comes to honing in on their personal wedding day look? I honestly think the biggest struggle is that women don't 
understand their own personal style to begin with. And mm-hmm. if you don't understand your personal style, how can you possibly translate that to your wedding day? So I yeah. think that's where you have to start is understanding what their personal style is. That said, mm-hmm. I was pretty clear on my personal style when I got married and I couldn't figure out how to translate it to my wedding day. And it's gotten worse for I brides agree. in this yeah. day and age in d- this day and age because there are so many choices. You can have any mm-hmm. kind of wedding you want. You can get married anywhere. And then PS, there's like so mm-hmm. many different types of dresses and silhouettes. When I got married, there were like literally three necklines you could choose from. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. And now it's like oh, there were not even strapless dresses really. Strapless dresses were just starting to come in vogue. Because I was shopping in 1995. I got engaged a year and a half before my Uh wedding. Strapless dresses really didn't come out until like 96, 97. Or re-emerge, I should say. There's always been strapless dresses. But as a trend, Mm -hmm. you know, Vera Wang really made it huge in in 96, 97. And I was already already Mm -hmm. had my dress at that point. But you basically had like a portrait collar. You had a bateau neck. Or you had like a square neckline, which is what I had. Those are your choices. That was it. So... It was hard to sort of, it can be very hard, even if you are clear in your personal style, to figure out what that means for your wedding. So on one hand, thank goodness for Mm -hmm. Pinterest, because I think it helps to focus people. But on the other hand, it's that thing of like, oh my God, well, that's pretty and that's pretty and that's pretty and that's pretty. And how do you then narrow it down? So I think as bridal stylists, it's important for us to help her navigate through this and to help her to buy and to ask the right Mm -hmm. questions to uncover the look and feel of her wedding. Ultimately, like I often say to brides, if you could use one word to describe your wedding, what would it be? And that often Mm -hmm. helps them to Mm -hmm. narrow in on what is the right dress and what's the right look. Because let's face it, there are Mm -hmm. so many beautiful dresses, Mm -hmm. but you can't wear them all. So you have to find the one that you look beautiful in, that you feel beautiful in, but that also emulates the overall feel and look of your wedding. So if I have a bride who's really torn between Mm -hmm. two gowns and they're very different dresses, I'll ask her to describe her wedding to me. And I'll say, you know, in one word, describe. And sometimes mm-hmm. they can't. Sometimes they're like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So I'll ask to see their Pinterest board. And I'll say, and sometimes I'll have to push a little further and say, okay, describe your flowers to mm-hmm. me. What are the colors of your wedding? And then I'll say, okay, that sounds very romantic to me. And they're like, yes, romantic. That's it. And it's <laughs> like, okay, well, this gown is much more romantic. This dress is much more modern. And that's how you help to guide them through mm-hmm. the process of narrowing down their choices. But it is not easy in this day and age. No. There's a lot of options. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it makes it difficult for these brides for sure. Totally. They're they're mm-hmm. way too ever stimulated and it's true. I wish true. I wish we could go back to the less is more. I wish there were only three necklines. I mean not really. Right. But in a I way, know. you we know we certainly would have to spend less money, wouldn't we? <laughs> when we're going to bridal market. Right. Oh gosh, I can't even oh that's a whole nother topic. Oh that's a whole other podcast. Right. Oh gosh. <laughs> that probably should never be. We need be wine for we need to. wine yeah. for that podcast. Yeah, not yes. water. Yeah. Oh gosh. Man, well, okay, coming off of that, you know, we're talking about timeless and trendy and all these mm-hmm. things. What trend are you ready to see? go out the door? And what trend do you want to just stay forever that you love? I am ready to see the naked bride go away. I just, I just, I, you know, maybe I'm traditional. (laughs) There are no words. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting so, you know, I'm in my mid forties now. Maybe that's what it is. But I just (laughs) don't think that brides should have 
that much cleavage. I don't think that they should be wondering if they can wear underwear because their sides are completely sheer. It's like, mm, that's not, that shouldn't even come into the same conversation of your wedding dress of whether you should wear underwear. Like, I don't know. I just, I have a hard time. Um, you yeah. know, at the same time, I try to respect that there is a bride for a gown for every bride and there's all different types of, totally. you know, that's what makes the world goes round, go around. I get it. But if you're asking me this question, that is my answer. <laughs> Naked brides, I'm done. I'm, I, I was so never actually on board to begin with, but now I'm really <laughs> done. And I think conversely, um, anything classic and timeless, I'm so happy that this very clean aesthetic is coming back in. Um, I think yes. the two extremes right now is that you have everything but the kitchen sink on your dress or you it's completely mm-hmm. clean and there's nothing on your dress. Um, and yeah. I just love a graceful bateau neckline. To me, that is like right? the Thank ultimate. Thank you, Meghan Markle. And it, it breaks my heart a little bit because that Amsala gown that I told you about that I almost bought yes. had – it was sleeveless with the bateau neckline. Oh. And I do – I mourn that dress to this day. I do. Um, I love my gown, but you if know. I had to do it all over again, I think I would have maybe gone with the Amsala. Gone with that one. Um, yeah. But I just a bateau neckline to me is just so classic. There's something about having yeah. that, you know, white up by the bride's face, reflecting back onto her mm-hmm. face, and um, a bateau neckline with some kind of beautiful back interest. I love. And if you can throw a bow on there, forget it. I'm done. done. Sold. Yeah. Oh, you're speaking exactly. my love language, girl. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Oh. I'm like, yes, you just described my future wedding dress. I can't wait for it, Liz. Oh, gosh, I can. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's the most overwhelming thing, I think, because there's so much pressure being in the industry. It is hard. I say this all the time with my associates who get married. It's hard to turn it on yourself. You know, you get to the point where you know a little too much. You're surrounded by wedding dresses Mm -hmm. every day. It is even – it's hard enough to be a bride, but to be a bride that actually works in the industry and sees wedding dresses Mm -hmm. all day long – it's really hard. Yeah, yeah, it is. I made a vow about a year ago to stop. I saw that on. in one of your posts. All right, but when you're ready, girl, I want to be there. I want to be there. Come on, helping you find oh my your gosh. gown. Come on down. Yeah, you are such a huge advocate for the idea of community over competition, which we love and have been so directly blessed by your heart for it in our own industry. What was it and why is it that you believe this is such a profound concept to live by in a world that pushes for such individualism? Well, I think one of the biggest challenges right now is is comparison is really the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. And I think it's getting even more challenging because of social media. As much as I love social media, Mm -hmm. it can make you a little bit nuts. You go a little bananas because you're like, oh my gosh, should I be doing that? Or look at how beautiful their store looks. Oh my God, Mm -hmm. should I renovate my whole store? I hate my store now. Or look at their home. Their home is so pretty. Oh my God, I hate my house. And it's just, it's human nature and it's terrible. Mm -hmm. And I think that sense of comparison is one of the biggest challenge we face, but we have to realize that we all do that. Mm-hmm. And so instead of comparing ourselves to other people, we need to celebrate what it is about ourselves and our business that makes us successful. What are our talents? And we need to capitalize on those. And mm-hmm. ultimately, I think we're stronger as an industry together. And I think we mm-hmm. each are going to go off and do our own things, but together, if we can learn from each other we can make our industry stronger because ultimately that's what we all want. Um, Mm -hmm. And I honestly think there is room enough. Competition is healthy and there Mm -hmm. is room enough for more than one bridal store. There, even in a direct Mm -hmm. region. The key to that, I think though, is to understand, to take that comparison and push it aside and understand for your business, who is your target bride? 
Who is she? Mm -hmm. You have to understand who she is and how you are going to service her. What's your competitive advantage that's going to service your target bride? You could have Mm -hmm. a bridal store literally next door, one door down. And if you are doing different things, if you're staying in your lane on focusing on who your target Mm -hmm. bride is and doing everything you do for your business with her in mind, you can both compete, you can both succeed, you can both thrive. But the key is... Mm -hmm. Don't compare yourself to other people. Don't copy what other people are doing because it might look great Mm -hmm. for them and it might be great for their business, but it's not what's great for your business. And the only way that Mm -hmm. you can do that is figure out who your target bride is, do everything that you do with her in mind. And then ultimately, Mm -hmm. I think that we can all thrive and succeed and and we have to support each other, especially as women in business, Mm -hmm. um, because Mm -hmm. it's that important right now, especially with brick and mortar stores for us to be able to thrive in this digital environment. Gosh, I agree. I totally agree. And what, in what kind of tangible ways have you seen this growth from adoption of it in your life and business? Well, I I think honestly, for me, it was creating the white dress society. You know, I got to a point uh, Mm -hmm. several years ago, about three years ago, where I was getting really disillusioned with the retail aspect of the bridal industry. I was getting frustrated. You know, the big holdings of the world, that was the time of year, three to four years ago, when all of the Mm -hmm. big retailers decided to get into bridal. So they all entered the bridal game Mm -hmm. and Taylor included. I mean, just everyone was doing bridal, right? They thought that was the holy grail of money, not Mm -hmm. realizing how hard it is to service a bride (laughs) and, and that it's customers. I always say it's retail on steroids. Bridal is retail on steroids. And a lot of them have fallen by the wayside. But Mm -hmm. during that time I was getting so frustrated and I felt like I was banging my head against a wall. And I was like, I don't know, maybe I'm ready to leave this industry. And then I realized, you know what? Mm -hmm. No, I, if, I think we have to get back to basics. It's about customer service. That's what it comes down to and servicing Mm -hmm. our bride. And the reality is she's starting to buy everything in her life online. She's buying her toilet paper online. She's buying her groceries online. Everything online. She's buying her regular ready-to-wear clothes online. So what that's going to do is it's going to make buying from a bridal store and going to a bridal store a novelty. It's going to make it even more special. So we Mm -hmm. need to capitalize on that. So at that point in time, I sort of had this aha moment and thought I can either continue to, excuse my language, bitch about this and complain and just be like, oh my God, it's it's all about online retailers. I can't compete. Or I could do something about Mm -hmm. it. And the way that I chose to do something about it was to create this video series for bridal store owners to help, yes, my competitors Mm -hmm. elevate the way that they were running their business so that we could elevate the way the whole industry was operating and we could rise above this negativity Mm -hmm. that we were so marred in and complaining about these online retailers. Let's make ourselves Mm -hmm. different. We are already already different from online retailers. So let's capitalize on that and show what we've got, like show our stuff. Mm -hmm. And the way to do that is to educate your associates, first of of all, and to create this exceptional experience. You know, and I was in, um, I was kind of bowled over. I was in church on, on Sunday, and this is a total side note, but I happen to be Catholic and the Catholic church right now is talking a lot. I'm very thankful about this, about what is going on in, in the world and what has been going on with these priests who have acted inappropriately and they're finally mm-hmm. recognizing it. Mm-hmm. And our priest yeah. during his homily said that at one point he was thinking about leaving the priesthood because he was so frustrated and he was recognizing how embarrassing and difficult it was Mm. to be a Catholic in this day and age. And he said that he prayed about it and he decided that he had two choices. 
he could either leave or he could lead. And I, Mm. I mean, goosebumps. I was like, yes, that is exactly how I felt three or four years ago when I decided to create the White Dress Mm -hmm. Society and to create the Series 2.0 that I started out as the series and now it's the second version of the Series 2.0 because Mm -hmm. I was like, I can either walk away from this thing that I love or Mm -hmm. I can be a catalyst for change. And that's what I decided to do. And in doing so, I really remembered how much I love education and how much I love teaching people Mm. and supporting people and mentoring people. And it sort of opened up this whole new world for me that I'm just enjoying so much. And I love watching these stores thrive and grow. I love seeing some of these stores that were our very first retreat two years ago who are doing such amazing things. And I'm not saying they're doing amazing things Mm -hmm. because they came to my retreat. That's not what I'm saying. But I think it just validated for them that they were on the right path and it helped to Mm. redirect them. And some of those stores I admire so much. They're doing such great things and they're making waves and making changes in this industry. And to me, that's so fulfilling and so valuable. Mm. That's amazing. Well, and you are. You are such a leader in our industry. And I know I speak for a bajillion people when we say thank you for for going, for stepping into that. But thank you guys, honestly, because I learn from you guys every day too. I'm right there Mm -hmm. in there with you. And every time I bring a speaker into our society to educate, I'm learning too. Totally. So I get as much out of it. It's fulfilling for me too. But thank you so much for saying that. I I really appreciate it. It means a lot. Of course. Oh yeah, of course. Gosh, I love that so much. That's incredible. Well, tell us, uh, tell us kind of your biggest piece of advice. Really, it could be wedding planning. It could be for the newlywed phase, it could be the best marriage advice you and your husband ever received. What, if there's anything you meet a sweet bride to be, what's like your favorite thing to tell her? It's not about the wedding. It's about the marriage. A. I think that's such an important, and I, I, I those are not in my original words. Somebody said that to me somewhere <laughs> along the line right. or like I saw it on Pinterest, but it's true. Like it's, mm-hmm. I think girls, especially in this day and age of social media and Pinterest and Instagram, get mm-hmm. so caught up in these Instagrammable moments that mm-hmm. A, they don't enjoy their day because they're so worried yeah. about taking a picture and capturing a picture that they're not in the moment in life in general, but especially on that wedding day. And secondly, mm-hmm. they're so focused on making sure their wedding is perfect that they're not paying attention to their marriage and their relationship and making sure that they have a solid foundation as they go into this relationship. So I think that's the best advice I can give. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And we totally stand by that too. That's like our our biggest heart is to say, you know, yes, we want to sell you a dress you're going to wear for one day, but this is also the dress you become a wife in. So true. And that's a momentous thing. It's a big deal. And I think sometimes that that is hard, you know, finding your personal style aside, I think sometimes it's also hard because this is momentous for women. They're really, mm-hmm. you know, crossing over into a different realm. They're becoming someone's wife. They're starting an, an amazing new chapter mm-hmm. of their life. And um, mm-hmm. I always say, you know, there's going to be e- not more important days in their life as they go on, but they'll be equally as important right. days of their life as they go on. Mm-hmm. And right now I know this day feels like there's so much pressure on this day and it's there's so much pressure on this one day and it can be a lot for people people who are very anxious or shy. Um, but I, I remind them that it is mm-hmm. just one day and it, it's more about your lifetime after this day. And you are going to have other days in your life that are as momentous as this, equally as momentous as this. Mm-hmm. Um, so just sort of keep that in mind too. And it sort of takes the pressure off this one day. Yeah. 
I love that so much. Okay, well, to wrap it up with our favorite question we ask everyone we interview, our mantra at Twirl is she twirled through life with a heart full of joy. What for you is the foundation of your joy? It's my family. My family to me is absolutely Mm -hmm. everything. Um, My husband is so supportive and amazing, and I wouldn't be able to do all of these millions of things that I do without him supporting me and – and my children are just are just amazing, and I'm very very lucky because my brother um, lives in the town where my store is, which happens to be the town next to where I live, and he's got three beautiful oh, daughters who that. are like my children, and our, we raised our children together. Mm-hmm. So um, it's so amazing that we have this very close knit family, and that to me that's the that's foundation awesome. for everything. Without that, I wouldn't be able to do any of the other things that I that's do. That's amazing. I love that. I love that so so much, and. I think a million people are probably saying, mm, yes, and amen to that because it is. I hope so because that's it. you get so caught up in your day-to-day, mm-hmm. right, especially owning a business, and it can be so overwhelming. And sometimes you just have to come back mm-hmm. to that and, you know, it puts things in perspective. You know, my son was sick for a little while and, um, you know, he suffered from – um, we went through about a very, very challenging mental illness mm. that was sort of caused by something physiological with him. And he's great now. Oh, he's awesome. But when something like that happens to your child or a loved one, mm-hmm. it could be a parent, mm-hmm. but when someone very close to you, something like that happens to them and you have to go through that period of time, it puts everything else in perspective. Mm-hmm. Nothing else matters. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if that's your why for why you – why you do everything that you do, then that that does. Yes. That creates such a firm foundation. Absolutely. Oh, friend, this has been so fun. This has been such a blast. Oh my gosh, I know. I wish I could just do it all I day. I know, right? I'm like, oh, <laughs> let's just come on down. I wish we weren't so far now apart. we have to go back to work. Right. Gosh. It doesn't feel like work at all. This was so fun. I'm so honored. Um, I just I just love everything that you do. You're so innovative and creative oh, so and kind. always thinking about the next and the new. And I just the, – the, the heart and the passion of what you and Ty do is so mm. evident in everything you do, and it's admirable, and I just love oh it. Goodness. Well, this was supposed to be about you, not us, but you are so kind. And I just love you for that. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. Um, Well, tell our listeners, I'm sure they've all fallen in love with you and want to follow along on all things Beth Chapman. So tell tell them where they can keep up with you, follow along, all the things. Sure. Yeah. So – on Instagram, you can follow my bridal boutique. It's at the white dress. Um, you can file, follow my styling and consulting and adventures on at Beth Chapman Styling on Instagram. And then if you want to follow, follow me personally, it's honestly a lot of pictures of my kids and my dog, but that's at Beth Lindsay Chapman. And if you're a bridal store owner that's listening and you have not yet joined um, the White Dress Society, it is for bridal store owners, independent bridal store owners. Um, You can just go to Facebook and search the White Dress Society and um, request to join us. And we would love to have you. Yeah, that's about it, really. I love it. I love it. Yes. Come, if you're a bottle store owner, come be our friend. Yeah. We love it's, it. It's, it's invaluable. It really, it really it is. is invaluable. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, again, thank you so much. This has been the best. I know. You're welcome. On so many levels for people in the industry and brides alike, this is going to be such a blessing of an episode. So I'm excited. Awesome. Me too. All right, friends. Is she not the best? 
I mean, I we really could have sat there and talked. I say this every episode, and I also realize after every response from a guest, I usually, my response is, ugh, I love that so much. So I'm sorry, but I, just my genuine reaction <laughs> to everything they say is I just, I love what they have to say, and I'm so thrilled that you guys are getting to hear it as well. Um, I hope that this conversation with Beth is something that again inspired you i feel like her story is so incredible i feel like she could be one of those people that it's like oprah was 23 when she got rejected you know what i mean it was like beth was you know well i'm butchering this but you know what i mean like her story is just so inspirational about where she came from and where she is now and what she's doing and we just love her. We're so grateful she's a part of our lives, and um, hopefully you guys are excited that this little conversation is now a part of your life. And if you are a bride to be, I hope that she encouraged you. If you haven't gone shop shopping for your dress yet, I hope that you can go into it now, kind of with some tangible things that help you kind of curate and envision and select what you want to look like on your on your wedding day and if you have found your dress congratulations I hope that her tips on what to have on the day of are encouraging to you because the Lord knows it's, you're gonna need all things all the things the thread the tape the the baby powder all the stuff so <laughs> go into our show notes on our website which is twirlboutique.com slash podcast and you can find her fantastic list of emergency day um, survival kit things over there if you are curious and want to see more about that but guys just a huge thank you again to Beth for being on the show we love you so much friend and are so grateful for you taking the time to to chat with me and and share all your wisdom and advice you're amazing and we love you and friends if you are loving what you're hearing here on Thrill Talk we would love so much if you have not already um, would you please rate and review us on iTunes only kind things please only kind of boss <laughs> we would love your five-star review and um, or five-star rating and a kind review just telling other people that they should listen in and be encouraged and educated and inspired just through the conversations we're sharing over on our little little slice of the internet guys thank you so much again if you want to stay in the loop with us um, our instagram is at twirlex or at twirl talk podcast and you can follow along with past episodes through our website which is twirlboutique.com slash podcast guys we love you so much we are super excited for next week's episode it's a really special one it is gonna be our birthday podcast we turned nine years old on the 27th and ty is gonna be on the hot seat talking about how twirl came to be and just some sweet things she's learned over the past nine years so look forward for that subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already so you can be in the loop of when every new episode comes up we'll see you next tuesday guys we love you so much have a fantastic week and happy thanksgiving know that when we are making our list of all the things that we are thankful for you all are on the top of our list seriously you guys are incredible thank you for all the love and support we hope you spend amazing time with loved ones eat way too much turkey and take a fantastic nap from your food coma (laughs) we love you guys and we'll talk to you next week